Thanos. Thanos, great guy, Thanos. <laughs> very blue, very big. Was he the child actor? Who, who would have assaulted him? <laughs> 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 Welcome back to Buckle up, baby. episode 61. We are here. Michael is looking cool AF, rocking the shades. What's That's that? right. This is actually episode 60. Is it? Well, oh, we're a little out of order this week. That's right. Why are we out of order? We have an well, exciting episode 60. Very exciting, yeah. Oh, I think I said episode 60 in that one. So Yeah. So what Shit. do we do? Yo, the, the episode heads are going to be at us in the comments Shoot. for this one. It's okay. Yeah, we had just, we recorded an episode last week that we haven't put out yet, so mm. it's probably come out before, but we spoke to Brian Koppelman, who is, which was actually kind of like a dream of mine for mm. a long time, because I've yeah. been a long time fan of his podcast. Right. The moment, right? The moment with Brian Koppelman. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who wrote uh, Rounders. And like a movie, big movie in the late 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy who co-created Billions. Billions. Um, billions. Soon to be trillions, millions, and billions Miami. Mm-hmm. And he's just extremely well-connected. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a real voice on the creative process. Right. Um, and his podcast was like really influential in me sort of getting myself uh, to a point where I could like try to be creative professionally. Oh, interesting. Um, How so? Yeah. What were the nuggets that like hit for you? He he gave me like a language. It's hard. It's it's rare to find like a guy's guy who talks about this stuff. Uh-huh. You know, it's usually more like flowery, spiritual things. A lot of like I think feel like there's a lot of like female energy. He kind of mm-hmm. brings this like male energy of someone who's like ambitious and like you know like comes from that place of like wanting to achieve right but but in the kind of world of like creativity so like he he, he gave me like whenever i say things like um important like the work's important or like mm. you did the thing like that that comes from him like i i've tra- i stole that from brian Koppelman. years ago you said to me once or maybe an early episode of the podcast you quoted something about did you write a little bit today? Did you get a page done today, half a page? Then you've succeeded. Was that him? That's him also. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. That's a big thing. And I didn't know that at the yeah. time because I didn't connect it to. But then when he said it oh yeah, on the podcast, yeah. I will say it was a really enjoyable conversation. He was really, uh, you know, super gracious and generous to have us and come in and yeah. like really had a nice chat. And it was cool to see how I think he does a good job, like you were saying, of... Uh, you know, articulating the creative process in a concrete way so that it's not just this like abstract dream. It's this real life grind and real life work that rigor that you put in to getting stuff done. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was cool, but you definitely have quoted him at me before. And now I just connected it because he said something during the episode that rang that bell of like, it's the dream is about getting work done on the pages. Are you moving the stuff along every single day? If you've done that, at least in a day you've succeeded. Yeah, he said he said something that I've really tried tried to take to heart already yeah. since then of like sort of reframing why he does it and mm-hmm. what what fuels him. The so, why, yeah. So like we won't spoil it. But, yeah, um, it was a really cool conversation. Really cool to have met him. He was I was like a little intimidated. Mm-hmm. Of, like um, he was nicer than yeah. I, than I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> sure how nice he would be. He was very sweet. Very he kind. was really nice. Really yeah. generous. Really cool. I actually I my only regret is I think I overthought it a lot. Mm-hmm. I almost wish you mean going into it or during going into it. I almost wish um, we let it. Um, unfold a little bit you think more. We were over prepared. <laughs> I think so. Like I think if I hadn't prepared us the way I did, I wonder how it would have gone. Interesting. I think it might have been different uh-huh. and possibly more interesting. Oh no! I thought. Yeah. I, I thought. I mean, we'll let the yeah. We'll, we'll let the we'll people. I haven't even listened yeah, to it. Was, it, it was. It was. A, it was. A, it was. A, it, it was a. It was a lot of fun. It was I had a good, good time. Yeah. I had like my first. Let's say my first, but. Like a, a private event stand-up gig yeah. in the Jewish world, which is a world I always kind of was weary and hesitant about diving into. Not for any, like, cachet, yeah. but just because, remember when Elon said, you have to live with your audience, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, that's the hardest part about doing, like, Pesach yeah. program gigs and Passover gigs and community gigs. It's like performing for your family. Your so if anything, the judgment it's it's like you'll you, you'll see these people again. <laughs> yeah. If you don't do well, it's likely you'll cross paths. It's like this word of mouth. So it's best to a, go out of state if you're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, but the idea being that when you're performing in a club for strangers, like you walk off if the set doesn't go well, you get them again the next night. It's a whole different batch. This is not a whole different batch. Right. Like, oh, you do one bad set. There's this idea of hanging over your head of is that the guy who did the joke at that time at the thing where oh we heard about that. 
So there's this all that stuff that goes through your head for like doing stuff that goes deeper into the Jewish world. Having said that, I'm probably one of the few voices in comedy. I don't want to toot my own horn in any way at all. I just mean like there's not that many in the modern Orthodox Jewish comedic world. We've spoken to Ellie, we've spoken to Elon, there's Modi, there's people, but there's a lot of comedians out there. How many can joke about certain things? Not right. many and can do it effectively. So there's a part of me that's excited by it to like be able to write a song about, you know, the mikvah mm-hmm. and, and find the funny in it because Jim Gaffigan's not going to do that. Right. And I'm not like comparing myself to him, but I am. You know, I really like the mikvah. <laughs> it's just so gross. Why don't we want to dip? <laughs> that's a funny bit. But um, anyway, I'm excited. At the end of the day, I got over that insecurity. Plus, like they hire you, and uh, it's like a real gig, you know, and that's nice too. So Can people you... find me on Insta. They found me on Instagram and yeah. reached out for a gig to do like a gala in uh, in Arizona, in the community in Arizona. And it was it went over well. Can you tell the story of what happened? Well, I don't want to get too into the details of like what uh, what went down uh, to respect the privacy of the community a little bit, yeah. but there was a horrible tragedy in the community. I guess I'll say that much, like a really devastating loss in the community. Um, and so, like, when you do the world of Jewish yeah. events and community wait, events... But you, wait, but tell the story. You laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I will tell, I'll tell you. When you do this world, you come across this, and I've discovered it in real time. So I got reached out to for this gig uh, on Instagram. People who are, like, following some of the... Maybe the Prince Harry stuff or whatever, but would love to bring you out for this banquet, this gala we're doing yeah. for this preschool, and we're having a gala for our parents and community members. And it was all, you know, uh, everything was moving along fine, and... Uh, I was at the airport 30 minutes before my flight, and I get a call. And I had a feeling like something was up just based on the text. Hey, can we chat about, can we talk about tonight's event? And I'm preparing bits and preparing things, and I have stuff in my, my head of, like, trying out new jokes and stuff that might work on a crowd like this. Because when you're doing, a, like, an affiliated sort of orthodox crowd, like, there's certain material you can only do there. Like, that mm-hmm. won't work anywhere else. So it's your opportunity to try stuff. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I'm to the challenge, to all of it. But uh, I get a call that there was a horrible tragedy in the community. It's a small community, and everybody's just devastated, and I'm walking into that. So maybe, you know, with your jokes, maybe do a song instead. I don't know. It was sort of like we don't know what to do. We're still moving ahead with it, but just know that. And I'm like, man. And especially with comedy, like music isn't subject to the mood of the crowd as much. Like you can go and do your stuff. But if you do comedy in the wrong setting, it can come across as tasteless or offensive or uh, I don't know. Mm. At the end of the day, actually, I I reached out to Elon and he gave me some good uh, words of strength about like, look, at the end of the day, like rely on the material. You must do your act and it's your job to help lift the spirits and like take on that role. Mm -hmm. And thank God I I went into it and like everybody was in decent enough spirits to be able to handle being entertained. And I also like addressed the tragedy a little bit about what what it took place and it is and it, it you know with empathy and gave given the audience permission to enjoy themselves for as a way to comfort right. themselves and that was i think the right approach and you rose to the occasion and it was certainly a challenge for different reasons in a way it takes the edge off it's mm-hmm. like well now it's almost like when something goes that when, when something like that is such a curveball and it's so difficult to deal with it's almost like well, the least thing, least things you have to worry about is if your jokes are going to work. You're trying to worry about something else now, yeah. but it's a different challenge. And I was yeah. happy that I was able to kind of be a professional and get through it. And yeah. people laughed and had a good time, and I got good feedback. So there you go. Did people know you? Were they were, were they like, oh yeah, we were the ones who wanted you to come? I think the organizers and a few of the people yeah. who brought me in, but I was still fairly unknown to like, especially like the older people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, they were not hesitant to give me feedback like, so when you did this thing, that was better. <laughs> when you were riffing with the rabbi, that was the best part. That's when it really opened up for me. I wonder <laughs> if that's typical. I'd like to ask Ellie about that. I'm sure. Everyone's got their feedback. Yeah. Um, then there was somebody in the front row who the entire set was just like... <laughs> Every joke. Try to land. An older and- woman? Uh, a little bit, and mm-hmm. uh, like you know, like maybe in her sixties or something, but like just like. And after the set, she goes, "That was wonderful." <laughs> she's like, "That was great." She lied. She lied. To <laughs> I've you. been to things with my mom, and when she watches like music, country, she's just like this. Mm-hmm. Well, your mom's. Terrifying. And then afterwards, yeah, I'll turn to me like, "That was great." <laughs> like, maybe it puts boomers in a trance. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not used to watching live entertainment. I guess, but she's just like, <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. I'm like, okay. 
This one's not digging it, but she was. She's like, so it's when just... do the commercials come on? I, I'm confused. I don't understand. <laughs> the thing is with impressions too. Sometimes if the impression is so good, if it's so good, Michael, people go like the reaction isn't laughing. It's more like, right. and and like, like that's that. a weird. You don't know if it's working or not uh. until you kind of reach a threshold, and then people kind of let go and start laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always challenging when you're doing impression type of humor. People mm-hmm. are like. Yo, you hear like a, a, a ruffling in the crowd when you like start doing Trump and it's so good, it's so good. And I, you know, the, the thing is, my, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the impression might be. So that's one thing. But it also turned a mirror to me and like, you know, working on the material and stuff of like where, where it can be stronger, like how to have better endings for bits, transitions, all the stuff that comes with doing the reps of stand up. Um, yeah. But, you know, part of me is just putting myself in these. Very uncomfortable, challenging scenarios, and seeing how I do. You seem so. tired. Oh man, I'm You're exhausted. Because after the fien- after the gig in Arizona, I yeah. flew back and yeah. had a gig at Newark Airport Hotel at the Marriott there with distant cousins. The Newark Airport Hotel. It's not like it's it's at Newark Airport. Yeah, it's a Marriott of Newark Airport. At like know? a gala. Um, it was a conference. Cool. And we did a, a concert and songwriting workshop with a group. Like it was an educators conference. Yeah. Um. So. I had, we, a, I had a so when I flew in, I went yeah. right to that, and then a few hours later did that gig. So I'm still on like reserves. And then when you asked if I want to record today, you were hoping I'd say no. No, actually, uh-huh. I'm well, not like you. <laughs> <laughs> I was I like, was the one who said yes. Yeah, no, I yeah. was like, uh, I want to jump back in it, and yeah. I want to get an episode out this week because I got backlogged yeah. for other reasons. Well, this autopod thing makes it really reasonable to yeah. like to do it. Um, I did have a question for you. Oh, I had an idea for you. Yeah, because you sent me a TikTok that said. Um, the people who make money off social media oh, are not making money off their follower account, their, their brand deals. They're, they're making money because they use their accounts to sell a business. A funnel. Yeah. A funnel, right, a funnel. I was thinking for you, maybe your business is, start thinking about it, like my business is my perform is my stand-up show. Mm-hmm. And so, which, which like you already know. Yeah, that is the but, case. Yeah, yeah, you already know that, but thinking about it more in that framework of like, like where you're putting where you're putting links, what you're promoting at the end of the videos, and and also like thinking about like, like oh I I need to be working on my business once or twice a week, like you know at the clubs in the mm-hmm. city. Like I need to be building that because I'm because I keep pushing people towards it, mm-hmm. and so like also thinking about it as like distant cousins slash your stand up. Mm-hmm. So like you're work you're sort of like promoting your music and your stand up together. Maybe that might help you also like think about a show more of like like more um integrative almost of of everything you're you're doing on social media just sort of in real life it's not it's 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 just a different way to speak about it not different than what you're already doing basically what you just said i thought i've i was gonna just say yeah yeah, of course obviously but you framed it in such a way in the slightest change of thinking about it more like f- the content is to funnel to funnel people to my stand-up show which is what i plan to do at some point but if i look at the stand-up not as just this like bonus thing i can try also as a passion right, right. or as a thing but as a way to fill seats and make money well you don't because that is the product right, you think of it more as like an endeavor of like i'm going to improve at stand-up mm-hmm. but thinking about it as i have a show and people are going to come see me and i better i better like get off my ass and work on it but to it's, no, oh, it's already to there. clarify i don't think of it as an endeavor independent of what you're right, saying no, I I, it is an endeavor because it is and in order to get people to come to something that i think is worth seeing i have to put yeah. in my grind my right. teeth on it right. but my goal macro is is be is like this audience yeah. and then where the audience can go to support me well, think- and that's a show and then maybe it's merchandise and all these other well, things and brand deals but it's like the show yeah. is something i know i it's part of the creative package. Yeah. It's yeah. it's your small business. Yeah. Your show is your small business. Right. And you got, yeah, yeah. So I'm just been grinding my teeth on stand-up yeah. and then eventually like live looping comes in after I've been able to be like comfortably working out bits independently and yeah. then adding songs and music to it in a sort of a variety type of yeah. show. I watched Bo Burnham's special on the plane. I was like, I got to like... Finally. Yeah, I watched one of them. Yeah. It's an older one. I went on purpose to start from the beginning and just see the evolution of it. Yeah. Um... It was, I think it was called What. Mm. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I think I saw all of them. Yeah. yeah. And it's so interesting. It's just like, what I liked about it right off the bat was he he's not even trying to do like what you're supposed to do with stand-up. Mm-hmm. It's a one-man show, multimedia kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's just 
and I think he w- he had a lot of internet notoriety. He had a lot of videos and people who knew who he was, so he could yeah. fill up rooms. And he said like early on, like he didn't have the stand up street cred and respect of comedians because he didn't grind his teeth in the clubs. But um, what he put into it was very cool and like mm-hmm. a, quite a spectacle of like songs mixed with pre recorded things that he messes with. So like as far as stand up goes, like some of it's a little too meta. Like every single joke is a joke upon a joke. And that's like his style, at least at the time. But um, it was just inspiring and cool to see somebody just say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my show and my act this way. What was it like to watch something that was longer than seven minutes? Very hard. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Because he did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show is effective it's at maintaining full, my attention. Yeah. It's an hour. Yeah. Um, but I watched it seven minutes at a time and took a five-minute break. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just cool to see. And, and like I appreciate his musicality and the multimedia of the show, the pre-recorded tracks that play like... You would you you've seen the bits I'm sure. Yeah, was that the one that opens up with a huge number and then yes. and then he's standing in front of a brick wall and goes, "So I was at the dentist the other day." I, I think it could be that he might have done that multiple times. Yeah. He goes long awkward pauses, long awkward stares, and he spotlights a girl in the audience, and he's just like <laughs> for a while. And like uh, I think it was like that, staring awkwardly. Like there's all this stuff. Uh. He tells like these stories, but um, he sits down at the piano. He goes like, "This is a song." About a world on fire. Ah! 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 Oh my God! Anyway, this next song <laughs> does a lot of that deceptive kind of stuff, or tells a story about a <laughs> about a turtle. No, about a frog who comes out of the lake and out of the swamp to find his true love, and he wanders and he sees and he sees another frog, a, a girl frog across the pond, and he wanders about trying to skip from lily pad to lily pad. I'm botching the story, skipping to lily pad to lily pad, and then. All of a sudden, an alligator pops up and sees the frog and says, I'm hungry. I think I'll have frog for lunch. Oh, fro-! And he like, ends the story. The frog just dies and gets eaten by the alligator. Yeah, it's dark stuff. It's, there's a lot of darkness. A- have you seen the clip of him? I don't know where this is from, <laughs> but uh, him talking to like Gary Shandling and Judd yes, Apatow. And, like, that from circle. Green Room. It's from a show called The Green Room on Showtime. Right. Which I thought was a really good show. They used to, they brought, they were you remember to, when it was on? I didn't watch. I never watched those things. Yeah. I found clips of it, but yeah, I think it was clip, on Showtime right. for a while, yeah. and it was basically the idea was trying to emulate what a green room com, com, comedian. Right, it was, it was like, like a tough s- crowd a little. They, yeah, they, they used to have these shows. Colin Quinn, Bill yeah. Burr. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it was one of those, it's and like, they. Uh, I know the clip you're talking. When about. he's talking, first of all, he's way younger than all yes. the other comics, and and like they're all sort of trying to like feel him out a little bit, and then like you, you realize at some point they're like, oh, this kid's like a genius. I don't know if they realized it then. I think they all were like, interesting that you're here. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were like, he, he made a joke. He goes, on the Green Room episode, he goes, I just have a question for everyone here. Like, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all old. And yeah. Gary Shandling goes, it's so good because it, it's so mutual. <laughs> <laughs> and throws it back and everybody loses it because it's so mutual, <laughs> you know. But then he said, and then he was interviewed about that. He was yeah. like. See, see the thing about Bird Burnham, I kind of take. Oh, you're on like second order clip on TikTok. They know the clip clip you've watched, and now they're showing you interviews on the clip. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they know. Um, so that that there was that scene. Then he plays his song. His like art is dead. Wait, what did he say on the? Uh, Mark Maron was like, I didn't like it. Like you know, they were giving him a hard time. They (laughs) were kind of like, I think they were just impressed he was there. So there must be a reason. Mm -hmm. His genius wasn't revealed yet. Like he didn't make Inside and the stuff that was what was to come. He hadn't. No, this is before that. Oh. That Green Room show is old. He's a oh. very young, he's like a 20, 21 year old Bo Burnham. Yeah. Like inside to yeah. me is where you're like, maybe okay. genius is the wrong word, but I think they looked at him like, you're different than we yeah. are. You're different. Yeah. yeah. But what's interesting is he, his, that, he did that show and like he was interviewed about it recently, maybe about like Gary Shandling in that moment. Mm. But before he says anything, Bo Burnham goes, Oh yeah, that's the green. He kind of like rolls his eyes. He's like, "There's nothing more nauseating to me than comedians performing a conversation." <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, "You're not wrong, Bo, but you take it too seriously. <laughs> Everyone's trying to just like help each other live through this life with a little bit of laughter, and he takes such issue yeah. with like the." Exteriors that we all need to build for ourselves. Like he takes it all. Well, like, that's yeah. his whole thing. Performance. Yeah. It's a thought, a thought experiment on a performance. Yeah, I know. And like he makes fun of. St- <laughs> He's like transitions are weird. <laughs> he like makes fun of stand up in yeah, his show, yeah. and that's cool. But well, the fact that it seems like to really bother him. Well, he's also weird because he's been doing it since he's like sixteen. Mm-hmm. Like most people haven't been performing publicly in that way. Like that's kind of his brain developed while performing. So like obviously that's what he thinks about all day. Yeah, and he took like five years off because of panic attacks. Did you know that? He was having yeah. panic attacks before his shows. He took five years off. He would, pr- yeah. yeah. 
who performed during yeah. while undergoing a panic attack. I, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine either. And then he was ready to go back out in 2020. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. And he talks about it. But then something fucking crazy happened. <laughs> he was just like, and he made Inside, which is yeah. to me, I have to watch all of it. But from when I watch it, I'm like cinematic in every way, an artistic kind of masterpiece. Yeah, it's like uh, definitely like a voice masterpiece. Like, yeah. it only he could have done it. Also, just the craft of it. Yeah. Like, you could tell he he's not just a comedian. He's like a filmmaker. Right. Um, he he's part of this really interesting filmmaking crew with Gerard Carmichael mm-hmm. and um, the guy who made the bear. Um, his name's uh, escaped me right now. Okay. Um, yeah, but they have this little crew in LA that works really hard and is super successful and like mm. pushes each other. And, like, kind of shits on the industry, but also, like, is obsessed with being part of it. Right. Um, Interesting. Like, they want to be kind of old Hollywood, like, like right. Rat Packy. He was also a Vine kid. He was in Vines with people. Bo Burnham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes way back to that world, too. And that was a whole creative scene of people making Vines. King Batch and yeah. him and stuff. But it felt like that was a time when he took things a little lighter. Mm-hmm. And now he's going off on, like, the social media, the thing that blew him up. It's like he's also, like, how dangerous it is and all of these things. I, I, he dwells a lot on, maybe because he's the only voice doing it, on how destructive and terrible it is. Yeah. We know people like that that kind of talk in essays mm-hmm. and that, like, you just, yeah. like, sit back and listen when they start speaking. Right. They're, like, they're a lot. They're but overwhelming he, yeah, in real life. Yeah, in real life they're yeah. a lot. And you're just like, I, I don't disagree with you, but, like, he seems to just really struggle with it while we all kind of are a little more accepting of like everything it has to offer and also just being like not taking it too seriously yeah. or being too worked up about it. But yeah. he really struggles with it. His points are valid though, worth listening to. But as far as comedy goes, like somebody making a joke and make people laugh, sometimes it's just okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. There's nothing more to say about it. Yeah. yeah, transitions are weird, but like when people watch a stand up show or any kind of entertainment, you're buying into something. For the time being, you're allowing yourself to buy in mm-hmm. To the illusion that's in front of you. And that's the that's the relationship from the performer to the audience. Yeah. And he's like, I object to this. Yeah. Like I really take issue with this. And his song that he made about it, that one put your fucking hands up. Come on out of your seat. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. I mean, it's it's such a powerful song. Mm-hmm. And he really he does it with his anxieties about it in real life, he yeah. does this incredible job at like highlighting the issue and the and the struggles of the of the performer and the yeah. audience i hate you i love you i need you i want you he's like really the problem is you the problem is you because i need you and i hate you but i love you and i want you yeah. and i hate you yeah. and it's like this is deep yeah all eyes on me all eyes on me you know party's over it's just begun you that think, song is incredible you think he's got a long time left on this I, on I, this world i mean that's when you watch him talk it's very dark yeah it's somebody he struggles a lot with very dark thoughts so i can't you know imagine what I mean? him in his like 70s right i i mean it's or, or it's just like flame yeah he, if he's strong enough like i wish him the best because he's a genius and but when you see somebody talk about the darkness about a lot it's it seems to really consume him yeah um, but maybe his outlet is making that stuff and that will, that will be his way because yeah. parts of inside, like there's a scene, there's a shot of inside when on that song, when he's looking out and it's like blue lit, but then he turns his eyes to the camera. Mm-hmm. It's shot like in such a way where he breaks the fourth wall with just his eyes and you're like, Oh my mm-hmm. God. He's like, are you feeling nervous? It's like, I knew you were there. There's something about it that would hit yeah. me. His stuff is, uh, yeah. What would you have to do to get to that place to start writing? Like something that profound. Do you want? Do you want to do that? Yeah. I think I could see a a time. It's not there. It's not not in the near future. Yeah. I could see a time where I can combine sort of like things I think about in all sorts of holistic ways. You know yeah. what Bo Burnham I think has done. We're still on Bo, but what some some of the time like, and I've seen it too with like. More stand-up special. Mark Maron has a special out now. It's called like Dark and Troubling or something like that. Dark. Something about that. But the way to like not be afraid of the silence and shifting from a comedic tone to a dark, serious tone back to comedy. People are kind of bending the format and playing with the rules a little bit. Like it doesn't all have to be smiles the whole time. Like you can get to places that are real very quickly from comedy and then shift back to comedy. In in his special, Mark Maron, I think I saw a clip of it, and he tells a very sad story of how he lost his girlfriend of many, many years. And then his challenge was, how do I make this? Could I do a joke about this? Could mm-hmm. I? But a lot of it is first just very, very sad to listen to. And yeah. you're like, man. But then he 
He pays it off a little bit. Was it good, his, his special? I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw yeah. this clip of the special, and it was like on my flight was one of the things you could have watched. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the punchline of the joke is at the end, he like is seeing her on her deathbed, and it's horrible because he was encouraged to go for closure. And then I'm walking out, and I'm like, selfie? <laughs> <laughs> so, and everybody yeah. laughs at the end. But, but like, the, the comedy goes from very funny to serious quick, and Bo Burnham does the same thing. He's like talking about a goofy Pringles can. Why do they still make Pringle cans the same way? You can't get to the bottom of a Pringles can. That's a huge problem. I'm still on this, the Pringles can. Mm-hmm. Can't get by the bottom of a Pringles can. Now, why haven't they changed the design? And then he's just, no, you know what the real problem is? You. <laughs> and he turns to the audience, and then it gets like serious. So, could I see myself developing something like that? Mm. Sure, because I think about things and whatever. And I, I've made serious TikToks sometimes that kind of hit in different ways. Yeah. So. Judd Apatow gave Jason Siegel good advice when he was writing "Forgetting Sarah Marshall," mm-hmm. where he was like, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I want to write a comedy." He said this to Judd Apatow, "I want to write a comedy, but um, you know, it, it, I think this is like a really serious story." And Judd Apatow's advice was, "Write a drama, and if you write a drama, it'll be hilarious because mm-hmm. you're funny." So just write a drama. This was for Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah, this is before yeah. he wrote Sarah Marshall. Yeah, so I also feel like if you just tell your stories, mm-hmm. they'll be funny. Yeah. And, and also, they could be as dark as, the, as, they, as you want to get, but mm-hmm. no matter what, they'll be funny because you are funny. Right, right. Yeah. Kim Peel, uh, Jordan Peel was like, the only difference between horror and comedy is the music. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if that's fully true, but it's just interesting that because he came from the comedic world and is making these incredible horror films, yeah. like uh, thrillers. Um, so is there another angle to it? Yeah, but to me, that's like, that's the act that you develop after you've exhausted the funny bone a little bit for me. Yeah. I still have to put in, like, I'm still just trying to do the baseline basics and then, you know what I mean? It's a business. It's a business. It's a business. You sound like a a dad. Listen, it's a business. (laughs) Wow. Great advice, dad. It's a business. My dad would be, got to keep your eye on the ball. Just keep your eye on the ball. What is that? A big ball of, you know, it's a business. It's a business. My dad, every time I talk to him about like entertainment, listen, it's a cliff business. It's a cliff business. You have, sometimes you're like this, sometimes Mm. you're like this. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> buy high, sell cheap. That's what comedy's about. Buy high. It's because of the shades, Michael. It's turning Buy in. cheap, sell high. Buy Thank cheap, you. sell Buy low, sell high. <laughs> buy low, sell high. Buy not buy cheap, sell high. Yeah. Um, um, I want to ask you about Ozempic. Why? Because um, I saw Adela Kochab yes. post on TikTok. About it? Uh, that she has, it, it was kind of like a... We love Odella here. Yeah. <laughs> we love Odella. Uh-huh. We love Odella. Yeah. It was a little bit like this is trending, and she she, she did a very thoughtful way to, to do a TikTok what about what was it. About? Here's how Ozempic works, and oh. she she kind of gave her experience. Um, and I was like, but why would she use it? Isn't I it a pre diabetic? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's another reason besides weight it's loss. It's a pre diabetic like thing this, too. Like um, like miracle weight loss drug. Maybe she feels like she needs to lose weight. I I. Uh, that's probably what else would it be? I have no idea. Sponsored video to help promote the product. I don't think Ozempic pharmaceutical companies paying Adela to. It's probably not wise to talk about female guests and weight loss, but she put out. Oh, she put out a, a TikTok about, uh, I hear and, and I, I, I had the same thought. I was like, yeah. I was like, what, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, if she's using Ozempic. Mm. Maybe Ami um, and I should be. Using it. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about it, Ozempic? Yeah, I hear it's killing people too. I haven't heard that. It also sounds like a Yiddish word. Ozempic, Ozempic. Oh, I, I, I use a bit of Listen, you look a bit of Ozempic. You should lay down. <laughs> That's good. Ozempic. Um, Ozempic. Yeah. Um, oh, have I thought about using it? Not really. It seems like it might be a, a miracle uh, thing for me. For get rid of the dad bod. A reasonable. Well, because you, because you. I mean, you have your. Uh, it's a challenge. <laughs> Wait, wait. You don't like dieting or exercising, right? I, a, anything that's too good to be true is. I think the thing is, I did patch- Octavia ruined me. Remember, do you know what Octavia is? No, it was all the rage in the exact same way Ozempic yeah. is this miracle weight loss thing, and uh, Xander's off screen now. But I wasn't like obese, okay? It's not like I'm like now like whatever. This but, no, this is his biggest by far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is this what? What was your? Yeah, my, I'm at my biggest weight. No, you're not your biggest. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. It's just, you've been here all along, so you don't notice. <laughs> but catch a picture. The problem is in the mirror, I look like yeah. this, like, hmm, it's fine. Then I catch a picture of myself on a Sunday with the kids, and it's like. Yeah, I catch myself in a face th- FaceTime sometimes yeah, when I'm, I'm holding like, oh. a baby, and my stomach is just like. You know when you take a picture and you expect it to look a certain way? You're like, okay. Yeah. That's how it came yeah. out to me, looking good. Then I'm like, okay, let's see. Ah! And you're like. 
I saw a guy today walking out of the post office with like a a, a wife beater. Yes, and you know he's like probably a guy in his like fifties, and it's like a tight wife beater, and he's he's not a thin man. Like <laughs> you see every roll and every curl, and I'm thinking like he probably has been wearing that since he was twenty, thinking it's still working, and just never noticed like this doesn't work for me anymore because yes. he just puts it on day after day. The same pants too that grow with you. Yeah, or like when you have like to a get good the pair of jeans, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't accept to go up because to go up yeah. in waist size that hurts yeah. there's also uh there's a, a one day you have to decide does the belly go over the over the the pants or under the pants oh my god what am i gonna do i'm also that? like scared if there's a next affair that requires a suit or a wedding and i haven't put it on in that long i'm like it's a f- i mean you're looking at it you're mm-hmm. like it's not gonna work yeah, that was big time covid because i yes. was like um you know i haven't put this on in two years what's it gonna be like i had sweatpants that got tied on me during covid sweatpants good <laughs> That might have been a laundry mishap. I'm hoping, but I'm like, no, no, this cannot be. This is not supposed to be this way. But like, I, I like, I squatted in them, and like, too much of the ass came out on the back. You know, I'm like, it's a problem. But on Ozempic, so there was a there was a diet that was going around. It's still maybe going. It's called Octavia, especially for a lot of the Jews. And what it is is it's like it's a it's a it's a pyramid scheme, because people would would go on this diet and then they post on social media. Um, I post on social media uh, holding the amount of weight they lost in sugar in like a big bag. Oh, that's kind of cool. And they look so thin and they're like, yeah. DM me. If you want to find out how uh, I did it, that's not good. DM me. And you, it, they allow people to become coaches and refer mm-hmm. people and make money the more people like get on board. Yeah. But these people were melting. Like literally in three months, I was seeing people like go from like drop like 50 to 70 pounds. I was like, so many people. I'm like, I got a question, man. What are you doing? What did you do? They're like, oh. Yeah, me. No, so they finally told me one guy got me on board, and you you basically eat like these. They send you this food, okay, mm-hmm. and you eat fuelings, not food. They call it fuelings, like a, a candy. Each thing is a hundred calories. You eat every two hours, and you drink a ton of water, and then you have one like one like lean, clean meal at the end of the day. That's like small. And like mm-hmm. chicken with like veggies, spinach. That's the end. But that's it. The rest of the day, you're, you're constantly eating, but a tiny amount. Uh-huh. And it's like five fuelings a day and one meal. But each fueling is 100 calories. So you're eating like 500 calories spread out in two-hour increments. And they're filled with like protein and other things. <coughs> one thing that was good about it was it had me drinking a lot. And I still am better about drinking water yeah. because of this. But in like two weeks, I looked different. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I looked different. And like I dropped... I don't know, 15, 20 pounds in a few weeks. And it was like, whoa, okay now. Now here's the problem. What happens when you stop eating the food? Right. I like, ex- I like all of a sudden just like slung. Slung. No, and everyone's like, oh no. So once you get <laughs> off of it, there's this way you get off of it. Like you gradually decrease the feelings and increase regular healthy food to live a healthy lifestyle. And everybody I, that inspired me to get on, Gain like 80 of course, pounds. Of course. <laughs> Everyone exploded afterwards. Yeah. My own coach like put on weight. I'm like, this is, and like women stayed on it too long that I knew and started losing. And like, it was like damaging and it was, it was, it was a disaster. And I, I gained like 10 pounds every then when I started. The thing with Ozempic, I think you have to take it the rest of your life. I think once you start, you have to take it the rest of your life. It, it, it cannot be. The only way to do this is to, to do it the hard way. There's also the way. My, it's like content, bro. There are people on TikTok <laughs> who talk about sort of like, um, not fat, positive but like listen you can spend the rest of your life i sit on the darbuka by the way like yeah. uh, you can spend the rest of your life uh going up and down the- 20 pounds mm-hmm. and like being happy when you lose the 20 pounds yeah. and being Stop. sad when you're back up to 20 pounds or just kind of accept this is my weight yeah and like i shouldn't be like necessarily more than this but mm-hmm. like i'm not going to be like i'm just comfortable and that's what it is 100 percent. there's yeah. validity to that but actually for me the scale of vanity to utility has been over the years shifting. So like in my teens and twenties, teens is pure vanity. You just want to look good. I heard a great joke from a guy, Dickerson, I think his last name is. I, I want to get the comedian's name right, but he's hilarious. I see him on TikTok and stuff. He goes, in my twenties, I wanted to look good naked. In my thirties, <laughs> I want to look good dressed. <laughs> Something like that. It's a better joke than that. Yeah. Like I, I just want to look decent. I want to look great naked. In my thirties, I want to look decent dressed. That's um, funny. 
You know, like I work out a lot to just try to get to this, and this isn't anything. <laughs> my like, my, I asked my wife, do I do I look like I work out? He's like, you you look like you work out, but you also look like you never miss a cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is like your standards just lower, and now it's more like utility. Like yeah. I just want to be able to function and feel good and functional with like lifting heavy things, yeah. making sure I can still like maintain healthy, optimal life of like being able to like have, you know. <laughs> not like lose muscle mass and like whatever over the years, like you get conscious of that in your thirties where you start to see like, yeah, you can't take it for granted. Yeah. So forget like how your body looks or feeling good about yourself in terms of like vanity. Yeah. Like for me, it's more like fitness health. That's becoming more and more along the lines yeah. of, I can accept if I look a certain way, but I certainly also, that's accompanied by not feeling yeah. great. I, I feel think like you're hot. Crap. I'm not trying to say anything. Thank you. Yeah. I think you're yeah. sexy. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll stay on that for a minute. Yeah. But anyway, it's also like just like back, like pain, body pain and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And like just wanting to m maintain good habits. Yeah. And getting into that is mm. important. And Ozempic mm. doesn't sound like a habit. It sounds like a hack. Mm. True. Mm. And it's oh, also, it's I think it's people are dropping dead from it. Is that right? They, when they drop dead, you know what happens? They're about to die and they go, Ozempic! Ozempic! <laughs> and the moment they hit the floor, just 50 pounds fills their body. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> they just <laughs> like in X Men, yeah. And that guy's like, Help me. they turn into the whale, Brendan Fraser. Yes, that's what mm -hmm. happens. Um, that's what happens. I need to know that I did something right. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the whale? I didn't see the whale. Did you see the whale? I saw the first scene. Someone bought it on my Amazon account, saw, yeah. so I, it's there, but I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? Uh, well, he won an Oscar for it. I feel, I feel good for him. Yeah. You know? What a comeback. That guy was like banned from Hollywood forever. Yeah, why? What happened? It's a whole story. I don't really know the backstory of it. You know the backstory of why Brendan Fraser? Um, but uh, how cool we have voices off the podcast responding yeah. to things. Yeah, that feels up, legit. Wait, get up Brendan Fraser for us? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Xander, bring up Brendan yeah. Fraser. No, like he was a leading man. The Mummy, oh, yeah, George yeah. of the Jungle. Yeah. But something happened. Bedazzled. Something happened. Something happened with... They taught that, I don't know the details of this, but like, there's stories about people get blacklisted in Hollywood because yeah. some agent or some industry or a big executive said, you'll never... So I think there's some horror stories yeah. with him and he couldn't get work after a certain like Something success specific street. with the Oscars because I think it was like... People weren't sure if he was allowed to show up at the Oscars to right. accept the award. Adam oh. Sandler said something when he was in Airhead. You remember? Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, he's like, we were just having fun, and and but you were like doing acting. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, man, you're a little different than we right. were. Right. Right. No, but something happened after his like heyday in the late '90s. Yeah. And he could not get work or some. I don't know the details. Uh, where yeah. are we on that? Any details on Brendan okay, Fraser? So he said there was a couple things. That he said. <laughs> But did they say specifically why he was like had trouble with Hollywood besides like yeah, personal so was? Oh, oh, aka the Jews, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but all right, anyway. There's been stories of that recently in Hollywood of the the kid from Young Indiana Jones guy, who finally. I never ever get up on my dream. Shit. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you, Harrison. I never gave up on my dream, and you must never give up on your dream. He was in Indiana Jones as a kid, and then won the Oscar for that other movie. Uh, everything ever, everything. But nobody's seen it because no one cares about the Oscars. I, you know, I met these. I was <laughs> I did a showing last night for this good. apartment, mm -hmm. and this this I don't know if they were. They were living together and starting a company together. Who was this? This, this, per, these, these two people came to the showing. They didn't say what the relationship was, but oh, they were, you were doing an apartment. Yeah, he was a little older than she was, and they said they're starting a company together, startup, and they're also apparently living together. Mm -hmm. But they're doing an astrology startup, and they were talking about how we're in a certain alignment of whatever Saturn and Jupiter or something. Mm -hmm. And the last time this happened was the 2008 financial crisis. Like the time before that was the they depression. And and but they said the good news is it's almost over. But they said um, they they do this thing where they track the like astrological happenings with the movies that win best oscar and they said like what's going on now is big like um 
like fought like like father son mother daughter energy mm-hmm. and the movie that one, everything everywhere all at once is about a mother and daughter so they're like that it captures the zeitgeist in a way because that's what the that's what the astrological energy is you know that i'm you know that i'm uh a big snag and it's like you can find patterns everywhere i love it i like it i, like, I don't know anything about it but i like it. it's satisfying but um well there's a there's a, a tradition of it i mean mm-hmm. like when you look in the bible and they talk about like the sorcerers that, that Pharaoh was using. Yes. Like that, that, that's what people use to understand. But we have more refined ways of understanding. Time. Yeah, I'm not saying there couldn't be something related to that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It intrig- it's, I'm actually less dismissive of it than I used to be. But in yeah. general, like astrology is kind of silly to me. When people say, that is me. Oh my God, I'm such a Pisces. Yeah. It's like you're dismissing all the things that you aren't and you're only looking for the things that it's saying you are. Yeah. Like you... You like commitment, but you also struggle with serious relationships. Yes, both are true. Just say a bunch yeah. of big things. They seem pretty serious about it. I know. I don't know. I know. Yeah. Xander, quick, what'd you, what'd you have? Sorry, I messed yeah. up. Brendan Fraser, he got sexually assaulted and talked about it, and they got blacklisted by this Hollywood reporter. That's what I figured you said. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. For clarify for the folks, Brendan Fraser alleges he was sexually assaulted, went public with it, and this executive or whoever he was coming after blacklisted him. And as we've seen... Oh, wow. He was probably right. Yeah. Who? Justice for Brendan. He, was he the child actor? Who Who would have assaulted him? Was it like a? I mean, he it, like, it could have been an adult. It could have I been an adult. So, but uh, I think he was. I think he was sexually assaulted by the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I think it was the right. The mummy. The mummy. They anyway, the mummy for it. Um. Yeah. So uh, Hollywood redemption stories can be satisfying, but it's also I find completely irrelevant. Nobody watches this stuff. Anymore. Well, so that was my next thing. Like, there hasn't been a movie. Sure, everything, everywhere, all at once, one. Mm-hmm. The only reason people talk about it is because it's being talked about. There hasn't been a movie that's captured that people walk around going mm-hmm. like a line from, like the way the way like old school was, or like like movies throughout high school and that are college. culturally dominant. Yeah, like. Um, Wedding, whatever it was, like comedies would do it, dramas would do it. That sweep the nation. Like Titan, I remember Titanic came yeah, out. Yeah, like yeah. Batman Begins came out. It was like, yeah, like the thing. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a movie like that in so long, and and so I postured maybe it's because there's not something that's truly capturing what's going on astrologically. I think just the attention is so scattered and dissipated now. Avatar two, people talked about for a second. It's, you got to see it, but it, it disappeared. Yeah, even um that the Tom Cruise movie it was the was the highest grossing movie in like several years, yeah. but like. No one talks about the story or, uh, or the story of Top Gun 2. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Like, oh, in it. It's not like, oh, you can't go five minutes without hearing about that scene. Or, you know, you know there's that SNL sketch about that scene in Top Gun. I just think it's that the uh, everything has become so fragmented that, like, if you talk to people who saw the movie, they'll talk about that scene. But there's no sing- in the in culture in general, there very there are very few singular things anymore. But there mo- are like corners. A good movie should I think should break through that. But it's impossible now because media is consumed so differently it's now. Not There's impossible. Not a, it's not impossible. I don't know people, how many people are galvanizing around one movie to go see and talk about. It's harder, but it's not impossible. Maybe the Avengers. Maybe like the Marvel. That, that might have been the last one. Like, like that uh, was huge when it happened. Yeah, yeah. And and there, it would be again if there was a really good Avengers. I think I think pre COVID was sort of the last. And and I remember Infinity War and the Avengers like wrap up. Yeah. Um, and Game of Thrones, like that whole Game time. Game of Thrones was was broke through for sure. Yeah, but but it, it was at a time where there was still social media. But then in COVID, when every like social element of social media kind of every social element of life shut down. Yeah. And you saw the rise of st- of people who gained audiences on social media platforms. Yeah. There was such a proliferation of that stuff, streamers and creators and the creator yeah. economy that was born out of a post-COVID world that it's harder now to recapture the attention in sort of central ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but so, I wish someone would make something that was able to, to break through it. A movie that's so good. Regardless of it. Yeah. So good, you can't deny it. Trump made a movie, it would do it. If Trump starred in it or somebody played him? Trump starred in a movie, what an if, action movie. What if he became an Avenger? Yeah. Yeah. That like would be good. The last gasp of Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing fine. Marvel, last would gasp. Be? That'd be a good name for <laughs> oh a superhero. Thanos, Thanos, great guy, Thanos. <laughs> very blue, very big. Very big. <laughs> a lot of power. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> made half the country disappear so did i for different reasons <laughs> um so good so good that's a new trump you know they took the tweet down you know i think it was did you see the trump cnn town hall 
No. Wait, uh, c- c- before before you go into it. Yeah. Okay. Can I do a, a time check? What time is it? <laughs> okay. Thanks. Okay. All right. Um, uh, shifting topics yeah. on Trump. Yeah. Remember we spoke about a while ago, do we think Trump was going to run again? Do you think he still has it? Do you think he can still do it? And we were like, sort of like, I feel like he's, like when he came out with the Trump NFT, Trump cards, we were like, this is the, this is, I think he's like grasping at straws here to try to stay relevant. Trump cards, get your Trump NFT, big announcement. He's just trying to hold on to the attention. And we were like, I wouldn't put it past his ability to still like center himself into the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching this debate. He did it. I'm just like, it's like watching boxing. And CNN is trying to land punches, and they they can't do it. It's just like boom, boom. They're like, now, why did it take you so long to condemn the rioters on January sixth? Why did you not tweet till three hours? <laughs> I don't want to bring it. I didn't want to bring it out. But you know, I have a list here of my tweets. I you gotta want to. Should I bring it out? Should I read it? And everyone's it's like, so actually, January fifth. Please remain peaceful tomorrow. Peaceful, I said, peaceful. It's going to be a great day. We're going to show up for our country, but you must respect the Capitol Police. You know, so I tweeted this, and you know what, Twitter? They took it down. I don't know why they took I think they took it down because it was so good. It was so good. They, took it down. <laughs> they couldn't handle how good it was. And everyone's just laughing and charmed by it. I'm just like, man, like you're still playing into the same, same tricks that yeah. he's laying out for you. And it was like a boxing match, and he was just destroying this... Uh, the moderator, you're trying to interview him and get him on these gotcha things. They're playing the same game that they lost in yeah. multiple times over. It's like they never learn the, the tricks that Trump is kind of able to maneuver the conversation yeah. in a way that politicians would otherwise have groveled at that question. Like, uh, they would have crumbled. Like, we, we, we issued statements. We do because, Well, why didn't, you, why didn't you call in the National Guard? Why didn't you, like, help on January? Like, trying thinking they could get him on January 6th. Yeah. And he was like... Did I just flag our episode by saying January 6th? But, um, <laughs> no, he said... King, and he was like... I told Nancy Pelosi that was her job. She had a job to do. Nancy Pelosi's in charge of the Capitol Police. She couldn't do a job. I'm so sorry she couldn't do it. And you know what? She's wrecking our country. They all, like, just like, do you, like if you watch the move, yeah. never takes the bait. And I'm like, you could call him a clown at your own peril. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because uh, still able to do it in yeah. that way, like, of, uh, in the way that traditional politicians cannot. So I want, this is the last thing I wanted to bring up. Um, on that note of 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 politicians that that might actually be able to to do something, mm. I have you been uh, following RFK Jr. at all? Yes. So he, I have been following it a little bit, Michael. <laughs> is that mean? Because I know he has the tremor. A it's little, a condition. A little bit. What is the condition? Uh, it's a thing that some people get where they have a tremor in their throat. I mean, it's it, a it, little it, raspier. Uh, I have to listen again. But what we're trying to, it's, it's, a, it's, it's I feel a little bad because it's yeah. a real medical thing. But. Well, it's 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 he should have. It's, he, got, it's, it's, he didn't get it from a vaccine, but, but. It's, <laughs> it's hard to listen to him talk, actually. Yes. I, I wish he had like a nice, yeah, yeah. smooth, booming voice. But I watched this really long interview with him, and he's sort of, if, if you just casually browse through the news, he's dismissed as like a kook, conspiracy mm-hmm. theory kook, who's throwing away, I suppose, Kennedy money, mm-hmm. running for no reason. Is he running? He's running for president. Yeah, oh. he announced he's running as a Did you a watch the interview with Dave Smith? Who did you watch it with? So then I watched on All In, the All In podcast, which is oh. this, uh, yeah, this yeah. kind of cringy podcast with these big Isn't VCs that, and tech people. With the Shamath. Yes, yes, yes. Shamath and all these other yeah. guys. Who they, but they have a huge audience. Right. So he's going around to all these podcasts with huge audiences. He's reaching people like me. Mm. And and so he's when he, when he has a chance to speak for like two and a half hours and like really get into it, for whatever, he's anti he's anti vax. Yes. Straight up. All of them, not just COVID. But he's really smart. He's mm. really well educated. He's an insider's insider of an insider. He's the person Trump's pretending to be. Like he's a freaking Kennedy. He was like, they're mm-hmm. like, do you, oh, you know, do you you think the CIA was involved in your uncle's assassination? He was like, listen, the first person my father called the day my uncle was shot was our neighbor across the street who ran the CIA. And he said, are your people behind this? Like, when you hear a story like that, you're like, this guy is not, like, pretending anything. He's, like, he's been in it. Mm. And so hearing him speak, someone who's smart and inside and very skeptical of our institutions. Like, he's saying things that many reasonable people people think that, like, CIA kills JFK. Maybe vaccines aren't so great. The COVID response is bad. Like, just like we need clean energy. Like, all we should get out of Ukraine. Mm. Most things most people think. 
Most a, people don't think vaccines in general. That, that, that's a kooky wait, one. Right, right, but, that's but, what makes him feel kooky. But like five years ago, he would like. The only reason that's more, he would have been a nut. But the only reason that's more palatable now is because of the distrust and the erosion of institutions right, yeah, since COVID. Right. So that's the so that means like you could say vaccines and be skeptical yeah. in general because the COVID one was was right, so, right. sold such a right. bill of goods as like right. was it safe but, and they and you found out later after the fact about data and suppression of right. things. I don't think that applies. People didn't think about about other vaccines that have been around for thirty years, but he has. But, and 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 he and he <laughs> speaks and he, he's really well researched. He's written books. He's yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of these. Anyway, like um, I was just very, I was pretty blown away by how appealing he was. Mm. Way more appealing than Biden. Way more appealing than Trump. Yeah. And like I wouldn't quite count him out yet on someone that might do like an Andrew Yang type of thing. That's yes. like, like might actually make a dent and mm. might be someone we're talking about for a little while. Running um, as a Democrat. Turning against Biden, I don't know. I oh. wonder why he didn't want to run as a Republican. Well, he's not. He's certainly not. A, on Neither the was Trump. I don't know. Nah, but Trump governed pretty conservatively in the end, and he ran in, in the party. Um, and yeah. I, I don't think that. Uh, I think Trump had more aligned with Republican platform Social policy values, stuff. Yeah. I, he was faking probably being a you know uh, a evangelical like yeah. virtuous person for sure but taxes regulation a lot of things that republicans would be down with i'd God, say trump so says maybe he's just like not aligned with them. well yeah. anyway i would um i'm like i'm excited to follow him and see what interesting happens with that yeah yeah, yeah. i mean um, the, the speaking is, tr is tricky it's hard I mean, it's hard because he has he doesn't this sound i mean like when you hear him speak you're like is he gonna live for that much longer that's like no it's thought, a condition yeah. it's yeah. he's fully it's there but i I've, you know it i forgot who else had it but uh you know, I've met people with it where it, it causes us, I mean, it's an injury or some kind of condition yeah, or something yeah. that causes it. Um, but I don't know, mixing mixing it up is interesting. I like that someone's running against yeah. Biden. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I like I mean, this guy Vivek that, that Nachman talked about. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, so, right. So you hear Vivek. Who are like ideas guys. They're ideas guys, but but there's a, there's, your bullshit light goes on when you hear him talk. No? Why? Vivek? Vivek? Yeah. No. No, because I actually think he's well equipped to answer these questions and he's not that afraid. He's got a lot of money. No. I think okay. he's a successful guy. So when he gets on like a panel, mm -hmm. he's like, he's not afraid to say like, you know, like, uh, I want to end affirmative action. And then the, and he goes against Don Lemon, like got fired for his interaction with him. You saw that? Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, see and you're that. just like, oh, so he's not calculated. He's not giving canned responses that were prepped to him. Whether you agree with him or not, yeah. I actually think he knows what he's talking about. Well, you know, part of it is seeing someone who's a little older and wiser is also nice. What, Vivek is older? No, 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 RFK Jr. is oh. like, he's not in his 80s, but yeah. he's not in his 40s. Right, like, right, Like, he's, right. he but knows what's up. I think Vivek has thought a lot of his positions through. I'm sure. As opposed to like, here's what you should say yeah. if they say this. He's like, no, I know what to yeah. say. This is what I believe and I stand by it. Yeah. And I like seeing that in politicians. He's a little combative. Yeah. He's a little like us versus them type of guy. Yes. Which, so he's, which, which is less appealing to me. Right. But what, what is refreshing is when he gets up there, like he can defend his positions yeah. from like a philosophical, political position where he, yeah. he has worked. He has clearly thought these through and not like, what, can, what, what will the base like? What polls well? Here's yeah. what you should say if they say this. I don't get that vibe from him. I don't know how far he'll get, but I think yeah. people like that help make this a little more interesting. Yeah. Because what if it's Trump, Biden again? Like, oh, That's probably what it's going to be. Crazy. And most people don't want that. For the social fabric of the society, it's not a good thing. It's going to be, it's just like an exhausting place to exist in. Yeah. 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 Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note... Episode 60 to 61. We're in between here. We're it doesn't really matter. The it's number doesn't matter. Us. Age is just a number, Michael. No. Did we get Brian to do the pinky, the finger? Yes, we did. My God. <laughs> we, do we even care about that anymore? Yeah, I think we do. Every All episode. Right. Buckle up, All baby. Right. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, guys, for watching. That is Buckle Up 60 or 61, depending on how you're counting. We'll see you next time. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up, baby.